There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you ever want to live in a fantasy world where the most handsomest guy always ends up with a girl and he may at time travel the bend a secret prince, but no one in the story ever asks any questions? You can live on Park Ave with a salary from Mickey D's or walk from Denver all the way to New Orleans. But me, I prefer all the reality and the truth bombs drop from the crew at RTT. too much latest because you got what i need thank you for tuning into romancing the pod you had us at hello <laughs> i'm Paige wesley i'm mikey randolph and i'm todd schlosser and this week i made you guys watch brown, brown sugar. sugar yeah so was this the first time you guys had seen this movie before correct this was my first time yeah it was yeah. my first time too um what did you guys think about it uh, mm, i'm iffy <laughs> i feel like this movie is like what if tay Diggs was selfish and had bad communication skills okay yeah Fair. I feel like this had so many romantic comedy tropes that yes. I did not enjoy it. It was like, let's see how many people can cheat on each other. Yeah, I did not love the cheating on each other. Like literally <laughs> three out of the four partners that are like the main in the main two couples are like Cheat on cheating people. on each other. Yeah. And honestly, we don't know about the basketball player guy. Like he might be cheating. He's on the road, but it doesn't I'm show I'm going to have to assume. I'm going to assume. I don't know. I feel cheating. like the movie straight up shows us that he's like a loving, attentive boyfriend who cooks for his girlfriend. And it's like yeah. super supportive. And like, I it, mean, he's like, I love basketball. But what I really love. <laughs> is cooking for my honey yeah yeah <laughs> well, and, and he wanted to put out his own rap album which i thought was pretty funny that oh, he was yeah. trying to go to most def and be like you could mentor me but he was <laughs> drunk i mean i've said dumber shit when i'm sober so when's your rap album coming out todd Honestly, Paige, I'm on board. I'm gonna be the next logic. <laughs> oh no! Hi, everybody. I'm such a hottie. <laughs> DJ Yell is just my name. Hip to the hip, the hip, hip, a hop, a don't, don't stop, stop because... the rocket. <laughs> I didn't super enjoy this film. Oh really? I actually sort of liked it. I'm a sucker for like reconnecting. Best friends with, falling like... in love. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. So like same, but I'm also a sucker for like uh, falling back in love with like something that you enjoyed. Like like in this movie, it's yes. hip hop, but like someone rediscovered 
discovering a passion for something they once loved. Like I like things about that sort of thing. And I also love music and I love hip hop. So like when they were talking about like early hip hop, which unfortunately because I grew up white in Nashville, like I didn't get into hip hop until like college. So like all of the early stuff about hip hop they were talking about, like, I know because I've seen in documentaries, but like I didn't get to experience it. Also, I was probably a little bit younger than they are, but like, so like I really sort of enjoyed how they they incorporated that like super early. Like well, they were there, like in the Bronx. I mean, like, I love that part of the movie too. If if yeah. this was just a biopic about a, a hip hop album being made, I'm a hundred percent in for yeah. this movie. But unfortunately, in the middle of it, people are cheating and having hard relationship <laughs> conversations, and so I was like, this is really harshing my rap buzz. <laughs> If this movie was more like Eight Mile, but most deaf was the Eminem character, oh, I'd be into it. it. It's such an opposite of what this movie. I is. know. I if know. If this but movie was just about the Dalmatian duo, I think I'd be in board. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, Mikey. Mikey. I would a hundred. They're like du jour from Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> like they're that level of bad. Um, I I would absolutely watch a movie about them, but I would. I mean, basically, if you this could just be straight out of Compton, and maybe I'm just like, maybe I should just go watch Fuck. Straight Out of Compton again. I love yes, that, movie. that movie. Is yes, fantastic. It's just not as good as Love and Basketball. Like Love and Basketball did oh, everything no. this movie's trying to do better. Oh yes. yeah, and it plotted it better. Where like the friends break off, they know they love each other. There's like a falling out, then they grow and they have their own lives, and then like that stuff. There's like a four year gap in between when they yeah. come back together. Yeah, and they come back together not being terrible people, which I feel like helps the movie root for the characters yeah here's what i will say though and i think it's something that all of the movies for the most part that we've done this month black history month have done better than their white counterparts and that's to fill out their characters with interests and opinions and feelings so that they're not two-dimensional because yeah. how many movies have we seen of like white girl writes for magazine and that's her only interest oh yeah whereas like We've seen now two movies of like Sanaa Lathan loves basketball, but it's also a greater issue of her standing up for herself and coming oh, yeah. to grips with her version of femininity. Or in this movie, it's like she writes for XXL magazine, which is a real magazine, by the way. She's the editor. Yeah. I mean, like she's high up at that magazine. Yeah. But it's because of a love of hip hop that she's grown throughout her life and is using as a metaphor to basically characterize her relationship with the person she discovered her love of hip-hop with well and i also love that they show that like tay diggs's character is making compromises with hip-hop so that like mm -hmm. they'll like be more commercialized and sell albums so like they're compromising for what is easy and what they right. want to do is like reconnect to what they grew up loving which is really each other in the metaphor of hip-hop right? right and i really like right. and this movie does a really good job of connecting those two things of like uh his compromise i see is ren and 10 the dalmatians right and then <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously his wife too but like her compromise would be like the basketball player um right and then when they realize they don't want right. those things they sort of come back together which i liked except the basketball player is like the perfect guy yes he is well not if you don't love them no i mean you're right Paige. i mean yeah but yeah. I mean, like the rest of the everyone else gets like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, flaws put into their personality yeah. to make it like maybe they're not right together. I mean, he, here's what I will say. His flaw is, is that he does not connect with her on an emotional level at all. He just does things for her. He buys her things. He takes her places. Yeah. But he does not make an investment in truly knowing her. He's never read one of her articles. Oh, that's true. That scene. I was like, you've never read her article. That did like, surprise oh me, too. Well, it seemed out of character for a guy. He seemed 
seemed very thoughtful in the way he was treating her, and it just seemed out of character. It, it just seemed like they were like, we got to shoehorn in something to make him unlikable. I think what it is, and I think there is a healthy version of that. I grappled with that scene a little bit because he's never read any of her articles, and that's wild. That's him not caring about what she does yeah. or who she is or you know, whatever. But like, there is a version of that where it's like, maybe he doesn't read every article, but trusts in her ability to be great and have her own career and independence. And that's not terrible. So it's like, I think they had to go so extreme with it for it to be never reads any articles because you can absolutely have a healthy, fulfilling relationship where people have different interests and allow each other to be independent in different ways and experience different things without having to shoehorn in a person who's not into it. And I think the difference is being willing to try and understand. And I think that's where he fails is that he's not even willing to read one article. Yeah. You know, it's like you could read one or two articles and be like, your writing is great. I'm just not that into hip hop, but you're amazing. Like that's different than being like, I've never read any of them. See, for me, it would be, you write great. I've read a few of them. I'm just not that into reading. So like I haven't read all of them. There you go. But like I would have read some, especially and like he uses the excuse of like, I'm on the road all the time. And I'm like, well, when I'm on the road, I have plenty of free time. Like it's a lot of hurry up and wait, right? Guess what's portable media magazines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even at this time, it's not like you, I mean, I realize you couldn't go to like the website on your phone, but you could get the magazine. You know, the editor. Yeah. Or at the airport. Yeah. You know where they have a fuck ton of magazines? The fucking airport. I, I just feel like they shoehorn that in. I th- I feel like that should have been a thing that a theme throughout their relationship instead it was kind of like one scene where, where they were like we were like, "What? Where'd that come it from?" It was though because when they first introduce him, he like requests her to be his interviewer for something. She has to interview yes. him. And she's like, that's not the kind of articles that I do. Like I I review music mm-hmm. or whatever, and he insists on it. And won't take no for an answer. That's where it starts. They just don't bring it back in often uh, enough, you know. But like there, there yeah. is a, a very tiny through line of him really caring about her more as an object than a person in not and not in an objectifying physical way, but as a you are a piece to complete the set of my life kind of way. Yeah, I, I could see that. I do think that I would have liked this movie a lot more had they not cheated, but. Yes. This doesn't ruin the movie for me. I still cried at the end when he held up that sign that said, will you go out with me? Yes, no, No. maybe. I did cry. It was so sweet. I I cried a, a little bit, not as much as I would have if... Because I had a real problem with Tay Diggs in the middle of this movie. And when we get to it, and we'll talk about it, with the way he treats his his wife that he is married to. Yeah. Because the movie, eventually she is cheating on him. And they put that there to make you feel better. But by then, he has already really mishandled the communication of their relationship in a way that is his fault and is kind of unforgivable, I would say, like, you know, and doesn't make any attempt to fix it or realize that there's a problem. And even with someone that you end up not being married to, it's like, if you want to have a successful relationship with anyone, you need to communicate with them and talk to them. And he just doesn't. Yeah, it's like when he leaves his, I guess it's Millennium. Is it Millennium Records? Yeah. It, yeah. That was, yes. Yeah. yeah, when he leaves Millennium Records and starts his own label, I felt like he like threw himself into his work, which you have to do when you do any sort of startup, anything, but he didn't still prioritize his relationship with his wife. And so- No. 
I, she was right. Like that's yeah. not something you do in a she, bubble. She is right. She is yeah. ag- absolutely right. And here's the thing. I think if he had talked to her, like the, it paints it as she's not going to support him. She's going to try and talk him out of it. And maybe that's true. And maybe that's where they realize that they have differences and it's not going to work out. Right. But regardless, you have to tell her her life is tied to yours. Yeah. She is going to experience some of the differences. Yeah. What and if they were like, we're planning on having kids in a year? Well, she reveals that she's paying for her own wedding ring at one point because he quit his job. And yeah. here's the thing that that doesn't mean that you don't quit the job. That just means that like you have a conversation about like, I am thinking of doing this. It will impact our life in these ways. Can you help me with this? Yeah. Are you willing to work on this with me? Uh, like, let's talk, let's talk about this. My, my, I am not happy where I'm working. This is what I want to do. Yes. I need you to come with me on this journey. Like when he got home and told his wife that he quit, he should have been like, Hey babe, I finally did it. I know we've been talking about me leaving for months. I just hit a breaking point today and I couldn't do it anymore. You know, like this should have been a conversation yeah. he'd been having with her for months or they break up here. Sure. I think that that could have also been like, this is a thing that makes it like he didn't, he's not communicating well. She's like, I can't be in a relationship where you're just going to change things up without talking to me. Like this, we're yeah. obviously not compatible. And then yeah. I think that would have made the movie better of like, they just have normal. We don't, we're not compatible breakup stuff. Yeah, the communication leading up till both of them kind of emotionally cheating and physically cheating. The other thing too, I I can see situations in which you may quit your job without talking to somebody, but then the conversation afterward is different. Where you're like, yeah, hey, I quit my job because something really unsafe happened, or hey, I quit my job because something really offensive and terrible, like, yeah, or hey, I sure. got fired. Like those are real conversations. Yeah, but then the conversation with her should be like, I'm so sorry. I know that you didn't expect this. Can we talk about what this might mean moving forward? Not you should be happy for me. How dare you? Yeah. And to top it off, he told Sanaa Lathan's character, Sid, first and had a full blown emotional conversation with her about it. Yeah. Because he's using her for the emotional stability that he's not investing in in his relationship. And isn't even looking for his wife for that. Isn't even looking for it. Doesn't even believe she is capable or worthy of that investment. And that's a problem. Yeah. Because like, I don't. I don't believe that one person can cover 99.9% of everything you need in your life. That's why therapists and a bunch of other things exist. Well, and friends exist. And friends exist. But like if you have a partner and you're deliberately not talking to them (laughs) about those things and instead investing in someone who has a romantic history that's not your partner, that's a fucking problem. Like, that's a fucking problem. I guess the whole thing is like Sanaa Lathan and Tay Diggs are supposed to be together, right? But like, in this situation, if I was going to leave my job to start a record label, which would be a terrible idea for me, but like, if I was going to do that, I was in Tay Diggs' place, the first place I would go is to my wife, both because she's my wife, obviously, but she's also a lawyer. You know what a startup business that runs contracts with like entertainers needs? A lawyer. I, and I, I couldn't figure out if she worked for Millennium or not as a lawyer or if she was just a lawyer in her own right. Because if she does work for Millennium, then I get that you couldn't use her as a lawyer, I guess. But That's like, true because she'd have to quit too, right? Which you don't want to do when you already have one sort of unstable income. Right. And here's the thing. They're both high earners. I'm sure they could have found a way to figure it out if they had sat down and he was like, I felt really terrible at work today. I I don't like what I'm doing. I'm unhappy. How can we make this work? Instead, he's like, I quit my job. 
uh, also did not come to you first. I went to my best friend, you know, the one that you kind of feel weird about a little bit, and got a large lump cash sum from her for quitting my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back to you to tell us that we've done all of this. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. Like, Tay Diggs is not great in this movie. Although, I do find him very charming. I think he's a great actor, and he's very enjoyable to watch. But yeah, he's not a great person in this movie. And I mean, and this is just me being one of those weird independent financial hoes. He made a choice that impacts her money because they live together. Yeah. Like they share a house. They share some finances. And if somebody made a drastic financial choice with my money without fucking talking to me. Oh, don't (laughs) like you'd be out. (laughs) You'd be on the street. We don't do that. (laughs) Like, And here's the thing. My husband has left a job before because he was uncomfortable. We had many conversations about it before it happened. Yeah, like leading up to it, right? Yes, because I was like, okay, here's what we should probably do financially or, you know, schedule wise, whatever to make this work. And that's a conversation you can have. You have to feel safe with your partner to have those conversations so you don't get stuck being unhappy every day. But he can't have those conversations with her and not for anything she's doing. It's purely him choosing not to. Yeah. There are definitely some problems in this movie. I do think Love and Basketball was a lot better and more respectful of the other relationships that they are in towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But not every rom-com is going to be great. And this is one of those that isn't great. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a great movie about hip-hop. Yeah, that's what I liked about it the most like a really, oh, less great movie about yeah. a love story well, that's what i'm saying like this is more like eight mile about you know most deaf and i mean you can still have the sana lathan like love triangle relationship but if it's really about tay diggs and most deaf like you know tay diggs quits his like glamorous record label to start his own record label and like bring hip-hop back to like brown sugar or whatever yeah i would have loved that movie yeah like if tay diggs had one shot one, one opportunity, opportunity. <laughs> and had mom spaghetti on his hoodie mom yeah, spaghetti i definitely would have liked that movie Brittany Murphy's cheating on him and for some reason you know like I'm on oh, board yes poor Brittany <laughs> I know is it too soon to bring up Brittany Murphy she was great I'm so sorry it, it, Brittany. it's always too soon to bring up Brittany Murphy guys watch the Brittany Murphy documentary on HBO it'll break your heart it's so fucking sad yeah her husband was abusive we can't talk about Brittany Murphy right now I have yeah, so yeah. many well, theories maybe we should just get into the movie let's talk about let's get the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so we open on some of the most illegible credits we've ever had where I was like this looks super cool I can't read any of it <laughs> I saw Tay Diggs his name <laughs> I saw I saw Tay Diggs yeah, name. Tay Diggs most deaf like all of their names are up there yeah, yeah yeah you but like I was like straining to read it and I was like man this is on a too small computer screen for this font <laughs> I think that probably is the problem I watched it on my big screen TV and I, I was clear I could very you were easily fine. read it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no it's just me on my little 13 inch in this hotel room that's because you're on the road Paige What's up? You got to pay them comedy bills. <laughs> pay them comedy bills. <laughs> so we open on voiceover from Sanaa Lathan. Yeah. Uh, Sanaa Lathan's character, Sid. And she's talking about, you know, when did you fall in love with hip hop? That's how I've started every interview. And we see her kind of packing up her office. And at first I thought maybe she was a DJ because she had all these tapes with famous hip hop artists. Yeah. But they're interview tapes. We'll find out later. But we get a montage of interviews and it's like famous ass people. Like it's everybody in this montage. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like 
De La Soul, Russell Simmons, Jermaine Dupree, Common, Talib Kweli, Questlove, Big Daddy Kane, and like 15 more. Like, yeah, it's wild. At first, I thought I had like I had selected the wrong thing and I was watching like a hip hop documentary. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, but I'm kind of can I watch this instead? Like, yeah. OK, <laughs> I mean, I've actually seen hip hop documentaries that are just like that. And I was like, I'm into this. Anyway, she says, I remember the day I fell in love with hip hop. It was July 18th, 1984. And we see her as a young girl walking through through the neighborhood and she's watching people break dance in the park uh the guy who plays young dre has actually gone on to do a bunch of other things but he looks as a child a lot like the uh guy from midsummer who's also in the good place and like a million other things yeah because he's got that kind of square head yeah <laughs> like mikey yeah kind of yeah hmm. <laughs> Mikey, you got a square ass head, dog. It's cute, but you got a square ass head. I mean, this. I mean, it's. I mean, it could be worse. I guess. Yeah, you could have what I have. I have a square ass body too. I look like a, just a fucking rocking like a rectangle that walks. Yeah, so like SpongeBob SquarePants. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I'm like a small circle, very low to the ground. Anyway, so they're watching breakdancing and young, who we will find out is young Dre, Yeah, runs over and is just like, hey, everybody come look at this. And it's the Kangol crew versus Dougie Fresh in that same kind of quad of the projects that they're, they're in. And so they watch like a rap battle happening in real time in the very early days of hip hop. Yes. And she talks about like, I grew up with it. It grew with me and it is like a force within me. And we reveal that she's typing out an article and there her coworkers are like, hey, there's a party for you. Are you going to come to it? Like it's your last day. And she's like, hold on, I got to finish this. And we will find out that it's her last day at the Los Angeles Times as a writer. Yeah. And then she's going to be the head editor at XXL magazine. So Tay Diggs calls her and he has her on speaker during a conference call, like at a meeting at Millennium. Yes. And she she like shames him for putting her on speakerphone by telling everyone that he wet the bed till he was 12. And uh, he make she makes him apologize uh, for his no breakdancing ass taking advantage of their friendship. I did love that. I, I love that she immediately from Jump Street gives him shit. And it's his fault that he's like publicly embarrassed because he's the one that left her on speakerphone. Exactly. Well, he's asking yeah. a favor. Well, that's yeah. true, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, he asks if she'll be at Russell Simmons's party, and she says yes. And so they hang up. They're going to meet up at that party later. And we get more of her narration of for many people hip-hop can be that first friend that's what it's been like for me it's basically a first friend and any relationship i've had is kind of like hip-hop and i've watched it grow and change we cut to that rooftop party with all the famous people and she is getting immediately barraged by questions about the magazine like people who want to be on the cover people who want to be in it and this is where we first meet her friend played by queen latifah who is amazing in this. She is, but she's hardly in it. Like, I wanted more of Queen Latifah. She's only in, like, six scenes? Yeah, she is. And her name is Francine, but you don't find out until two scenes into her being in the movie when yeah. Sanaa Lathan at one point is like, Francine, please. And you're just like, oh, that's her name, I guess. Um, yeah. Because literally every scene that Queen Latifah is in in this movie, she just kind of orbs up behind people and is like, do you see what so-and-so is doing? And it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> It is great. She and most deaths like flirtation through this movie to me, like was one of my favorite parts. Yes. One of my friend's girlfriends 
hates Queen Latifah. What? What? I, I don't know. And, and so, dump like, her. No, she's really good to him. She can't be that good if she doesn't understand the magic that is Queen Latifah. <laughs> I don't know. She. It's one of those things where people have like an unbridled hate for no reason, like you know Todd and like normal talking voice or <laughs> me and things that are not cheese. I get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Except that but, I don't because it's fucking Queen Latifah. That's like saying you don't like Dolly Parton. But there's got to be someone out there who doesn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's one he, dude out there who really hates Dolly Parton. I don't want to know that person. She gave us a vaccine. <laughs> and I just found out that her favorite hotel is the one where I got married. Who, Dolly Parton's? <laughs> yes. Nice. But she knows the wait staff by name. Anyway, so this this bitch doesn't like Queen Latifah because she's wrong. So anyway, anytime they're like posting out, I'm like, you know who did that really well? I'm like, Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew somebody who didn't like Beyonce. And I couldn't understand that one. Yeah. And they were like, well, I mean, like that other girl was in Dream Girls 2 and she was amazing. And she didn't get any of the credit. I was like, she won a fucking Oscar for that song. You know what that's called? <laughs> credit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she's fa- she's in fucking memory. Like, like she's in Cats. Like she- no one puts Beyonce in movies anymore because we know better. But Jennifer Hudson's in them all the time. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> I mean, I don't know Queen Latifah or Beyonce personally, so I don't know anything about the personality, but I do like them as entertainers does that make sense yeah yes okay although i will say this i bet queen latif is fun as shit like (laughs) i just can't picture her being an asshole you know i pity the fool who doesn't want to have brunch with queen latifah like what's wrong with your life yes get right are you serious god find Find god God. absolutely kanye anyway that's a deep cut but i love it (laughs) not that deep because he is off the chain well no i mean it's a a deep cut for like a small little joke we made on one of one of our episodes a while ago yeah yeah mikey find god anyway so (laughs) they go to this party and queen latifah is trying to get her to like hit on people and like find a guy that she likes and she makes a comment of like well dudes in the industry don't have their shit together and as she does tay diggs comes in with nicole ari parker who we he will eventually propose to that's you know his girlfriend about to be fiance and he gets to the party and immediately meets Sanaa Lathan at the bar and they order for each other because they know each other's drink. Yeah. But I mean, they're at Russell Simmons' party. It's not just any party. Yeah. Like it's Def Jam Records party. Because Russell yeah. Simmons is Def Jam, right? Yeah. At the time. Okay. I think he has since kind of mostly stepped down. There were some court allegations. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, oh, I just went to his Wikipedia and there's just a whole section called Harriet Tubman's sex tape controversy. What the fuck? Yes. Yeah, dude. Yeah, sexual misconduct in 2017 and stepped down from his position in Def Jam Recordings and other companies as a result in the allegations. Uh, In 2018, he had moved to Indonesia. That's a red flag. Well, that's why uh, Bikram Chowdhury moved to the Philippines for a while. I think he's somewhere else now, but because they don't extradite. That's why. Yeah, that's (sighs) also why if you watch the QAnon documentary, why they're stationed in that part of Asia as well. Well, they started in porn. Yeah, because they they wouldn't get extradited and they did have underage porn on their sites. Yeah. Anyway, so Tay Diggs approaches them. He tells Sid, 
Sanaa Lathan about his girlfriend Reese. He introduces them, and Reese is very nice and very kind. She is in this interaction. They honestly have a pretty good back and forth. Reese and Sanaa Lathan, like yeah. the whole oh, was that the male ego? I heard oh, there it goes again. That whole thing was very yep. funny. She does go over there and stake her claim on Tay Diggs like immediately because she like rolls up on him and like makes out with him and like whatever right in front yeah. of her. But I was like, I mean, they're about to get engaged. Like I get it. Yeah, and. As soon as she kind of walks away to talk to somebody else, Tay Diggs shows Sid the ring and he's yeah. like, I think I'm going to ask her tonight. And she does something. She's a very good friend in this moment and just says, you know, are you sure? Well, she does question, you know, her for five minutes. And he's like, I am sure. Here's why I want to do it. And then she just says, you'll be fine. Trust yourself. It's going to go great. Yeah. Like just immediately like you love her like you. OK, cool. I'm on your side. Yeah. And so she watches it happen. And it seems like maybe she is a little unsure of how she feels about it, I guess. I don't think we see outright jealousy yet. No, but I feel like she was a little sad. I don't think she was jealous. Yeah. I think she was a little sad just because I think it was one of those things where she was like, that could have been me, but I moved away to L.A., you know? Yeah. Like one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she did have the opportunity, I think, in college, right? College, says, yeah. That he, yeah. Like, he confessed his love in college. Yeah. So yeah. like, no, 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 he didn't. He just asked her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have gotten to that though, Mikey. You're sort of right. I do, I don't believe for two seconds they didn't get drunk and hook up though in college. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. They don't say that, but I mean, they might have. I mean, yeah, that reel is missing. Have a couple <laughs> hard mountain dews. <laughs> Mikey has only been talking about the hard mountain dews since he bought them last night. Mikey was trying to talk me into buying Mar <laughs> hard mountain dews no. last night. No, Paige, he compared yes. it to Truly and said. If he's not careful, he's going to become an alcoholic. Uh, my favorite was he just sent me pictures of it and just said, zero sugar, Paige. Zero sugar. Yeah, that <laughs> was, was for like, me. No, I understand. Yeah, Mikey's on a health kick right now, so he's only drinking hard Mountain Dews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a health journey. Excuse you. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm health conscious. <laughs> I'm on a health journey. I don't know <laughs> what direction the journey is going. I think it's leading you to rehab eventually. <laughs> More door. Hey, that, that is a no, journey. That's where my feet are taking me, Mikey. <laughs> yeah. I only had one last night because I was alone. Mm, so you're not ready to drop that 30-day chip into a volcano yet. <laughs> Got it. Anyway, we cut to what I would guess is just a few days later, and Queen Latifah is helping Sid pack or unpack all of her stuff at her new place back in New York from Los Angeles. Yeah. And unpacks a vibrator that she's like, it's a massager from Bookstone. And I'm like, bitch, we know. I love that running gag. And it's actually a month later, she says, Queen Latifah's like, how have you oh, been yeah. here a month and you haven't unpacked yet? And she's like, I've been busy, which right. I'm sure she is busy with her job. I do think it's funny that for like, the next 40 minutes she's always talking about how busy she is but we never see her at her office until we like never see an hour work. and a half into this movie yeah writers are busy todd is that true I, don't, I honestly don't know i don't write like that i'm pretty busy i mean i'm pretty busy too but yeah actually that's not true everyone i know that works as a writer even freelance is mind and soul crushingly busy yeah because they're always under deadline crunches and they don't get paid enough and so they have like multiple multiple jobs at the same time yeah that sounds a lot like my life yeah there you go yeah. there you go what i do think is funny in this scene is that she's like you need to get out there you need to meet somebody and her response is like 
I can't. I don't have time. And it takes time to do that. And Queen Latifah says, you're turning into a Terry McMillan character. Do any of you remember the name Terry McMillan? I do remember the name, but I don't know enough about it. Because we just, we just, just. Oh, Wait, is it how Stella got her groove back? That's how Stella got her groove okay, back. Okay, I knew yeah. I recognized that name. So, but she is the Stella from that book, right? She's like the... Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did also write Waiting to Exhale, which is also great, and we should at some point do, uh, and A Day Late and a Dollar Short. So like, it's not the only thing she wrote. Okay, but, awesome. But one of the commonalities in a lot of those stories is women who are getting older and prioritizing themselves to both find I guess themselves and love yes like contentment in self but also fulfilling love if that makes sense I feel so. like you can't really find a fulfilling love until you find contentment in yourself I agree Todd yeah I am very content with myself Contempt. You said contempt. Content. Uh, you oh, said contempt. Yeah, those are oh. different words, Mikey. <laughs> I have a lot of contempt for myself. So where's the love? Nowhere until you find contentment. I try and love you all the time, and you always pull away from me, Mikey. This is true. I have pictures on pictures. Those are the of ugliest it. pictures of me, too. <laughs> Todd is just a boy standing in front of another boy, asking him to let him. Put, dump it all in him uh, You've already got six dogs You don't need another one Know what I'm saying I have two dogs And I still don't need another one I have plenty of animals at my house I'm going on a date today Wait you're going on a date today? We're gonna go on a walk I like that Natalie and I go on walks all the time. Are you going like to like Radnor or like like a nice little place Percy like Pre that? Percy Preet, the, sta like okay. the stairs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to yeah. be like out of breath immediately. Yeah. yeah I, if somebody invited me on a date to stairs, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I respect myself. Unmatch immediately. Unmatch. <laughs> how dare you? I don't know. I've not been on a date in a very long time. So we'll see how I'm this. I'm happy for uh, you. Uh, I, I am. Uh, I just I'm still thinking about how horrifying a date to stairs would be for me. Mikey, what you need to do is say, I'll see you at the top and then walk down the stairs with her <laughs> and then drive be like, up. You there you go. Have some coffee. <laughs> that way, like you walk up the stairs like an hour before you let the sweating stop. You let your breath come back and then uh, you walk down friends, with her. I know what I'm working with. I got the dunk. So I'm going to go two <laughs> steps in front of her and she's just going to watch it wiggle in her face the whole way up. <laughs> Did he just refer to his butt? as the dunk page he did what is this love and butsketball but here's what i'm going to say <laughs> that's a real risk what if you fart you don't want to crop dust your date i don't think i have that risk actually Paige, we do <laughs> oh, know right. that he <laughs> doesn't fart very often he's got like a cork up there oh man like popping a bottle of champagne every time he farts oh, <laughs> well have fun at your stairs okay so like we made plans and like we text a little bit, made a little plans. And then like she stopped texting me back. Like I sent like a text or two. So I was like, I guess you don't want to hang out. So she said the things this morning. She's like, hey, if we're still getting together today, let's do something outside. I was like, the weather is like finally starting to get nice here in Nashville. So like I get that. Like yesterday I legit walked to the grocery store and back because it's like a mile away and it was nice outside. And I, I had to get like a few things. So I brought like my satchel and I went to the store and back. It was nice. I played Pikmin on my phone. It was fun. Yeah, he enjoyed the outside weather by staying on his phone the whole time. Well, no, it's called Pikmin Bloom. It's like a game for when you're out walking. It's like uh, Pokemon Go, but Pikmin. All right. Well, there's Wait, a nerd so out there. Uh, who I'm understands sorry. What's Wait, no, about. no, hold up. Hold <laughs> no, up, I get it. You're playing off-brand Pokemon Go. Like, there's a normal version, no, and you're like, an, no, it's a Nintendo brand. It's yeah, just, I don't understand what Todd's doing with his whole life. <laughs> I've been in a bit of a funk. I work all the time. 
and I just podcast. That's all I do. So I'm gonna tr- I'm trying to get out more and do things, and I'm trying to work out more. Trying to trying to follow through with that New Year's resolution of doing things for myself. So we're gonna like meet this person, and they're a nurse practitioner. Maybe they're nice. Maybe honestly, Mikey, I'm sure they'll be great. And whether it's a love match or not, I'm happy that you're getting out there again. I've been adhering to my self care of putting weird things on my face. How does my skin look? Your skin always looks good, Paige. God, you look like a fucking seventeen year old, Paige. Like what? What are we talking about? <laughs> the poster for the show last night they used like a picture they just pulled off facebook and it was 11 years old of you yeah so it could have been taken yesterday Paige. like you look the same (laughs) i showed up and he was like oh my god you look exactly like your picture that's so cool and i was like and then i saw what picture it was and i was like oh my god that was a long time ago that was me in high school (laughs) It, it was me i think i was about 23 in that photo and you look the same Mm -hmm. And we all hate you for it. There you you go, could have Paige. told me that pay, that picture was taken fucking 14 minutes ago. And I'd have been like, <laughs> why'd you put the boobs away? Sorry. Why'd you put the boobs away? <laughs> Weird. Your face is so smooth, but your titties are like wrinkled bags of like wet oatmeal. Uh. Oh, my God. They're the feet of you. The Todd's feet of your body. Wait, my feet look like wrinkled bags of oatmeal. I mean, they don't not look like it. <laughs> I feel like I have decent feet that are just hairy. And I feel like you're delusional. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna fuck I'm gonna post photos. Like th- that's it. I'm I'm taking no. my shoes off right now. No. I am do literally it. gonna take a picture right do now it. and post a picture. Post the photos. Social meds. Post the photos. This can only go exactly the way it went with Katrina. <laughs> These are great feet, aren't they? I like how he stops the recording to go take pictures of his feet. I'm taking a picture right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm posting it right know. now. Like I like how Do he it. changed the lighting of the room to make it better. <laughs> I'm a fucking instigator in this regard. Do it. Just fucking post it. I can't wait. I'm excited. Let, let me crop it real quick. Let me crop it. What are you going to crop it at? The ankles? Come on now. <laughs> yeah. No filters. <laughs> I'm going to put I'm going to put filters on my feet pics. <laughs> Damn, yes. Tom, yeah, yeah, your yeah. feet looks nice. <laughs> the one with the flowers and the petals and stuff. Just <laughs> face tune your feet. Feet tune. Feet tune. He's feet tuning. I know he's doing it cuz look how long it's taking him to post it. I know this is a modified photo. I'm, it's not. It's put not. I swear where, to God. where you can put eyelashes on your toenails <laughs> and then make one of the teeth do the like rainbow like, ah. Do you see Todd's feet? He looks like a fucking puppy dog. It's like a weird, <laughs> super strange. And then the other one looks like an elf princess with a crown. I literally am saying I'm sick of uh, M Randolph 24 and at Paige Wesley making fun of my feet. Do I have gross feet? Hashtag no filter, no makeup. <laughs> Tweet. <laughs> I just tweeted that out. I have a response to this that I will not share on the podcast, but I've already developed in my mind to share on the Twitters. <laughs> oh, I'm going to just wait until we finish this episode, and then I'm going to read all those comments. I'm retweeting it from the Horror Virgin account. We're going to get some feedback. Some feedback. Let's do this. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Having just hit tweet on that tweet, I feel very self-conscious right now. <laughs> This is not at all going to go the way I want it to go. No, it's not. (laughs) That's why I let you do it. Uh, Okay, so. All right, let's move on. If we get some good responses, I'll read them. Okay, cool. I said, this looks like a movie still of a werewolf movie (laughs) mid-transformation. Accurate. But let's move on. Tag the guy from American Werewolf in Paris or in London. Can you confirm this was your feet on set? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, can you confirm yeah. this is your feet on set? Or are these the feet of your dead friend that follows you around for the movie? <laughs> Rude! Anyway, so Queen Latifah's trying to talk her into like, hey, you should find a guy or meet a guy or what about Dre? Are you just going to let them get married? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it seems like you forgot about Dre. Yeah, like, I don't know, you know, what you're trying to say, but it seems like you forgot about Dre. Yeah. And Queen Latifah, she's like, I have to go to a shower. I don't even know what to buy her. Queen Latifah buys her a present that she takes and doesn't open or ask what it is before she goes to that shower. Which she 1000% should have. Best Oh, absolutely. Ever. (laughs) I I do feel like if I told Mikey I was going to like a bachelor party or whatever and could he buy me a gift for like Chris or one of our friends, right? Yeah. He would do this to me. Um, Someone did this to um, we referred to her as my great aunt, but it was she's like a friend of the family and it was her, I think, 60th or 70th birthday. And I was a child at this event. And it was a fur one. It was like a, like a Merkin thong that somebody bought her for like her 60th birthday. Oh, man. Okay. It was great. We all had a good laugh. Uh, so <laughs> we cut to the shower and they're playing like the normal party shower quizzes where they're like, how well do you know the groom? And Sid is like getting every single question right. Just yeah. crushing it. But I mean, she's known yeah. him since she was 10. Like, and he was 10. Like, right. they are just really, right. really close friends, you know? Yeah. It was not surprising to me that she would know that. Right. And they start opening presents. And if you'll notice, every single present on the table is from Tiffany's. Or I think it's supposed to be. It's not the right color blue. It's almost that color, though, right? I thought the it's same thing. It's almost that yeah, color. It's not quite yeah. teal enough. Well, it's because you, you can't... That color is registered to Tiffany's. So, like, you can't buy boxes. Like, they're one of the only people that manufacture them. No, I'm sure that that's true. But it seems weird to me that, like, when you have a budget like to make a like legit movie like that's one of those things that i could see them using i don't know if this is true this might be full rumor i've heard that you have to get permission ah uh, okay like it, if it looks significantly like tiffany's yeah. boxes because they do because tiffany's boxes are that teal with the white ribbon and this one is just a couple shades lighter yeah with the white ribbon um but it's everything on the table so you can't just like go to tiffany and buy stuff right that makes sense i guess like if it's trademarked yeah. you'd have to get permission from them and pay them for that right so maybe that's why well i know they did for sweet home alabama that they had to get permission but that's in part because they were in the store but anytime that you specifically have to be like it's tiffany's yeah. you have to pay tiffany's for that okay anyway that makes sense yeah uh so it does make sid's gift stand out more and when she opens it it's like a zipper thong now granted she just got done opening like cut crystal champagne flutes and yeah. the next thing was a thong yeah she gets like a really classy champagne flute set and then thong well and that's that's one of the things you would register for at tiffany's is cut crystal if you're super fucking fancy and rich i did love the uh i'm not sure if she was like a grandma or older lady who was like when she saw the thong she was like nice nice it was the grandma (laughs) Yeah, yeah it was great grandma knows what's up grandma knows what's up we cut to she's having a hot dog in the park with Dre. I, I assume after the shower. because She's kind of in the same outfit and everything. Yeah, it must have been right after because she's like talking about how embarrassed she was that Queen Latifah did that to her or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And she's talking to him about like, I was so embarrassed, like how I'll never lose. I didn't mean to like if she's mad at me, I'm so sorry or whatever. Yeah. And he plays it off. He thinks it's funny. But this is the scene where he breaks down what his opinion of brown sugar is, which in his mind is marriageable women material. Yes. (laughs) And it's 
super reductive and sexist. <laughs> and then he goes on to slut shame people by calling them Cindy Lopper honeys because they just want to have fun. Yeah. And she then asks, what am I? And he doesn't give her a clear answer. No, he does not. He he is like, you could shake it in a music video. Can you try doing this or whatever? But they move from the park to go shopping. And this is a thing that we saw in 27 Dresses as well. They're clearly in an antique store. And I'm like, why are you shopping for wedding gifts? And like, don't get me wrong. I love me some antiques. I got some antiques for my wedding, but it's not a normal thing. And it's very clearly an antique store. It's nicer than the one in 27 dresses which looked like a goodwill but like (laughs) it's very clear it's very clear from the shelves that they're in an antique store and i think it's really weird yeah but they go antiquing together i guess um but somebody a store associate offers to help them and they're like oh we're just friends like i don't know why you would think we're together well it's not ladies even like put lees i'm not we're not dating this is not a thing and he's like why you like he takes offense to it he's like you know you you should be so lucky or whatever you know yeah exactly so he talks her into going to see an open mic that night which is the most well-attended open mic i've ever seen (laughs) Um, But they go to see the artist in the movie. His name is Kaz, but it's played by credited as most deaf at the time. Yassim Bey. And so he's kind of anxious because he wants to sign him to the label. And he really, really liked what he did. And I think he's trying to impress him. Yeah. And goes to talk to Kaz. And Kaz is just like, no, you fake as shit. Like you fake as hell. And as he's trying to talk to them, Ren and Den or Ren and Ten come up and they're the Dalmatian themed rappers. Yeah. Because yeah. one of them's black and Ren one of them's white. I thought that was really, really funny. And as a basic dude, their album would be the one that I owned back in high school. I mean, I could see that, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Yasin Bey in this scene, I think it's like he may already know that Ren and Ten has been signed. And he's just like, I don't even want to be on a label that's associated with that kind of foolishness. Right. Because Tay Diggs is like really pouring it on like, hey, I want to work with you or whatever. And he's just like blowing him off the whole time. Like, I don't want to be yeah. any associated with anybody at Millennium. You guys are not doing it. Right. Yeah. And and I guess the, the comment he makes is that like, you're not making the things that I want to make, which, by the way, as as a performer, as an artist, very crucial conversation because if people don't get what you do they're not going to represent you well and not you know maliciously just like you need someone who gets it and is also excited yes about what you do yeah you know absolutely that makes sense yeah which i do think tay diggs sort of becomes that person over the course of this movie i think tay diggs is already that person but he's in the wrong place yeah that's probably fair like he does have a genuine love for like old school hip-hop and what hip-hop could be in like right uh, if you pay respect to that old school hip-hop you know like a, a new version of what old school hip-hop was right, right. but he's currently making a lot of money working for a la- label that's doing sort of the opposite of that yeah so uh we cut to because Ren and Ten are like, we're your new stars. So nice to meet you. And he's kind of joking with them and is like, what are you going to like? And they're like, yeah, black and white, like, you know, Paul McCartney and or not Paul McCartney. I mean, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson did also do a song. No, no, is, he oh, does. No, it is. He says both. He says Paul McCartney and uh, Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Yes. And he jokes that they're going to redo that hoe is like the girl is mine. But as that hoe is mine. And they're like, that's a great idea. And I'm like, he was kidding. Yeah, he was so. kidding. And, I mean, it does show how bad of an idea that was. But I really sort of Horrible. loved that. I thought it was like really very funny. It was so bad. It was very bad. There are some very funny moments in this movie, though. And Ren and 
10? Ren and 10. Yeah. Like, high Very marks funny. for how, like, those two actors are like, we are the fool, the quote unquote fool in this movie. So we need yes. to, like, chew up the scenery with how stupid we are. And man, I love how much they committed to that specifically. I kind of want a Dalmatian coat. So you want to be Cruella Dudeville? Cruella Deville? <laughs> I was just glad that they like so there are multiple Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney songs to choose from. Yeah. And the girl is mine was the first. But the second is Say, 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 which is a way better song. Yes. And I was just glad they didn't, you know, shit all over Say, Say, Say. (laughs) (laughs) Such a better song. Well, I mean, and thank goodness they didn't touch it. But the guy who plays, I think maybe the owner of Millennium Records is an actor named Wendell Pierce, and he is great. He was in The Wire, and I loved him in The Wire, dude. Oh, yeah. He's so good. So we cut to the next day at Millennium Records, and he's arguing, like, Ren and Ten shouldn't be here. They're, you know, they don't have skill. They're gimmicky. And his boss is like, I'm here to make hits. Yeah. Like, they're going to be a hit. The average public is dumb, which is true. But, like, (laughs) there's a reason stupid shit gets famous sometimes. Uh, He's like, that's who I'm making records for. I'm not making records for the person who's a connoisseur of hip-hop, essentially. Yeah, he's essentially admitting to the fact that he is in the business to just make money. He doesn't care about hip-hop as a genre, really. He's an opportunistic, and, like, that's fine. It's just not at all what Tay Diggs wants and or is looking for out of his professional career. Right. Uh, so he tells him to have a nice honeymoon and then come back and make Ren and Ten Stars. And he's clearly already dreading it. Yes. And it's about to be his wedding. It's the night of his bachelor party. And he goes to Sanaa Lathan's house instead of his bachelor party. And he's like, I should have left. I should have quit Millennium because he's telling her, not his wife yes. or soon to be wife. And he's like, all I wanted to do is make music and this isn't it. And she kind of gives him a hug and they end up kissing. Yeah, she really kisses him. She like leans in. She she kisses him like a couple of times. Yeah, he does kiss her back, but she initiates it. And he goes to like unwrap the towel she's wearing. Oh, she is definitely topless. I mean, we don't see it, but like he would have seen it. And then immediately he's like, oh, we can't do this. We can't do this. Yeah, you got to go. And she asks before he leaves the house, are you sure you want to do this tomorrow? Meaning get married. Are you sure Yeah. you want to get married tomorrow? And he says, yeah, I, I love her. And then she's like, okay, so you better go. Bye. Uh, so we cut to the wedding and it's her and Queen Latifah. And Queen Latifah is trying to find out what happened last night loudly in the middle of a very small wedding where everyone could hear them. Well, because when Tay Diggs is walking down the aisle because the groom walks down before the bride is presented, right? So yeah. Tay Diggs looks at her and Queen Latifah sees the way he looks at her and she's like, well, what happened here? Something happened here. And then she sort of gets out of Sanaa Lathan what happened. Right. Yeah. And then the rest of the wedding, she's like, you can let her take your man? You're going to like loudly. Yeah, like, you, you're not going to, you're just going to let this happen. You're, you're not going to interrupt this. Yeah. You're not gonna, and, and I felt like the scene was played for comedy, but I just felt really uncomfortable this whole scene. I felt a little uncomfortable, too, because there's no way everyone around them doesn't know that Tay Diggs sort of cheated on his fiance the night before the wedding with his best friend. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I was really torn in this scene because I feel like there's a lot of emotions around weddings and people do stupid shit. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't love the person that they want to marry. And I feel like without further conversation about what that kiss meant and how things are going to move forward, you shouldn't stop that wedding, I guess. 
but it's a tough decision. I don't know. Maybe she should have. I was torn on whether she should have stopped the wedding or not. I don't think she should have stopped the wedding. Oh, I think Tate Diggs should have stopped he, the wedding. He should have stopped the wedding. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think stopping someone's wedding is never the idea. Like, yeah. Okay, we've entered a theme of movies where our characters are never picked first, and it kind of depresses me. Mm. I well, but if they were picked first, you wouldn't have a movie. I you can have some conflict, something. Yeah, I mean, you could find a different kind of conflict, but this type of conflict, like, oh, we just couldn't get the timing right. That is super common in rom- romantic comedies, Ooh. right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I feel like that's what this is to a T, right? Like she came mm-hmm. home, he was already head over heels with uh his fiance now after this scene wife and she moves on because he's married, you know? So like the timing yeah. just never worked out, which is super common in rom-coms, but it does lead to people cheating on each other in rom-coms, which is also annoying. Having been yeah, cheated on a bunch, good. it sucks. I don't like when movies do this. Yeah. I want to see your personal tragedy made into a rom-com. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it has been, Mikey. <laughs> I think this movie does, and, and a bunch of other movies like this do this, where they have this, like, you know, to try and make the cheating okay, if that makes sense. They will kind of tap dance around it where they're like, oh, it's only a kiss, or, well, they're not married yet. And it's like, the technicalities don't make a difference in how badly somebody's going to hurt when they find out yeah well yeah i mean like kissing your friend and then being like oh man that was a lot that was i'm gonna get out of here and get married that's i mean like tay diggs maybe should have talked to her more after that but i think he did the right thing of being like okay let's stop this let's get out of here yeah let's get married you know there there's some gray area there but then like later on and this movie just goes worse from here on out of like we only had sex the one time well they don't yeah. have sex until he's technically separated from his wife but she's, but she's still engaged, engaged. Yeah, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. so like i feel like yeah it's it's bad either way at least tay diggs is separated when it happens but she still is fully in like engaged and like goes to see him right afterwards and there's a lot of emotional cheating between the two during their marriage oh yeah well and he he instigates it because he knows he knows that she's engaged he knows what's up yeah and he's still like in that scene he is the instigator for the sexual turn in that scene so anyway the wedding happens nobody interrupts it they get married and we cut to kind of a montage of what their life is like for the next few months where there's industry parties. She's in her kickboxing class. Uh, she's on a double date with Queen Latifah. Uh, we have Tay Diggs getting ready for work. And then we cut to her in her office. And this is where Kelby has called and wants to do an interview about his album. Kelby's the basketball player. She ends up yeah engaged to later and she tries to pass it off to somebody and they're like no he asked specifically for you and so queen latifah helps her get her hair done and her clothes because they're going to go out on this interview slash date i mean it's basically like she's like you got to get a makeover because you need to look like you're trying to catch a man and i can't remember what it is oh the let them dangle they're dangling enough like i really thought that was very funny And then, like, when they're when Queen Latifah's talking to her about, like, how she needs to, like, get out there and dangle a little bit. And she's like, you need, you dangle enough for both of us. I really yeah. <laughs> love their back and forth. And then when you see Sanaa Lathan, like, made up looking amazing. I mean. Dangling. Yeah. This is sort of a Sandra Bullock moment because she always looks amazing. But yeah. when she's, you know, right. got a dress on and she is dangling a little bit and she's on the phone waiting for him to show up for the interview date thing. She, you can tell she's talking to Queen Latifah because she's like, yeah, they're dangling enough leave me alone like i don't know i thought that was very funny even though queen latifah isn't there you sort of still felt their funny banter back and forth loved it 
Well, and I did like that her response to him being married and no longer being an option anymore wasn't I'm going to break them up or I'm going to, you know, I can never do anything now because he was my only option. Her response is to, okay, well, I need to explore other options then because that's yeah. no longer open to me. And I thought that was a kind of surprisingly healthy view. I mean, it goes out the window immediately. <laughs> it but, does. Yeah. So she ends up having dinner with him and who should show up at the same restaurant but Tay Diggs and his new wife. So they have like a kind of a mini double date for a little bit. And who else should show up but Ren and Ten yeah. rapping about Chinese restaurants? Oh, it's it's oh. so bad. They are the best. I mean, it's so bad, but funny. Like I liked it, but man, they are terrible. They are, and we do cut to the studio uh, the next day, maybe a couple days later, and Tay Diggs is mixing for Ren and Ten, who are recording their version of "That Hoe Is Mine," and it is terrible it is yeah. it is the Anna Ferris forgiveness song of this movie like <laughs> it absolutely is and I loved it their banter in the beginning yeah oh. they're like little rap ad lib at the beginning of the oh. song is so bad and funny like it's I loved so it so much bad. and then they can't get the, they can't stay on the note where they're just like that hoe is mine and I'm like oh god they just shouldn't be singing like I mean or they shouldn't be in a studio at all like what are they doing there yeah yeah well and I'm like get them background singers to just like that hoe is mine oh yeah girl that hoe is mine like sing it like I don't know what anyway yeah so it's terrible he goes to complain to his boss and his boss is like i thought we talked about this and he's like we did and quits yeah he goes outside gets into a cab and kaz the guy he was scouting at that open mic yasin bay is the cab driver and he basically tells him in the cab like i left millennium today i'm i'm having kind of a rough day and kaz just roasts him the entire cab ride of just yeah. like oh Oh, you think you're shit because you left? Like, oh, you were the Grinch that stole hip hop. Like, it's very, very funny. I loved the whole, you're going to travel down to Whoville and give everyone their publishing rights back. I was like, that shit is Ugh. hilarious. If you know anything about how record labels screw over artists. That's some insider music industry. I know, it's great. And then right there. I love that Tay Diggs is like, pull over, man. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Yasin Bay like lets him out. Like he just like lets him out and he, he goes on. We yes. don't see that. We don't see him again for like 20 minutes in this movie. Movie. Yeah, and he does, as he's walking, see a, a rap battle happening on the streets and kind of sees a flashback of like him and Sanaa Lathan. So he goes to her house yeah. to talk to her about it and there's flowers everywhere because Kelby sent flowers and he kind of asks her like, hey, do you remember when I asked you out and I just gave you a paper that said, will you go out with me, yes or no? Yeah. And so they go out to the park and they're sitting and talking and he tells her about quitting his job and she's like, well, what are you going to do now? And he's like, I think I want to start my own label and make the music I want to make and treat artists like partners and be a good guy in the industry. And she's like, I support you. I think you can do it. That's going to be great. And then she gives him money because she had some money. She's like, I'm investing. Yeah, I'm, I'm your first investor. Well, and he does. She asks him if he has the money to do it. He's like, I've got a little bit saved up, but I'm right. definitely going to need to bring in some investors. And that's when she like proactively gives him money like she doesn't just out of the right. blue he does start sort of bringing up that he's going to need that and i thought it was super sweet we don't see how much she gave mm -hmm. but like i thought it was yeah, very very sweet but before i'm handing over a check i'm definitely talking about how much of it i own so like if i give you this much 
right? It's like Shark Tank. I'm going to give you a million dollars and I'm going to get 20% or whatever, you know? I just thought it was weird that someone was carrying a checkbook around. And I think it's just a sign of the times because nobody yes, takes checks anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in 2002, people <laughs> did for sure. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember the last time I carried my checkbook with me. I only use it for rent. That's the only thing I write checks for. <laughs> yeah, I pay my mortgage and stuff online now. So I don't even, I mean, I never yeah, use I, checks. Yeah, I don't write checks at all, basically. Yeah. I never I, we've been trying to pay our rent online and our new uh, the new company that owns our building is terrible. But well, there you go. Anyway, but so she leaves because she has a date with Kelby and he's like, oh, you're just going to leave the money on the nightstand and bounce. Which is pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But she's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she shows up at the restaurant for the date with Kelby and they've booked out the entire restaurant and he's cooking in the kitchen for her, which is actually pretty cool. If someone can legit cook. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. that's a fun date. I really like that. We cut back to Dre's house. He comes home to his wife and is like, I quit my job. Hooray. And she's just like, I'm sorry, you did what? And this is kind of we talked at length about this earlier, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. Yeah. But this is that issue of him investing emotionally outside his marriage and not giving his wife that investment both in their family unit and in their life and decision making and entrusting that to other people outside their relationship yeah so anyway she has questions <laughs> as she should yeah and he, he's kind of mad at her where he's like how dare you not be supportive of me and in a way it's like how dare you not be supportive of her by inviting her into this decision making process or like really allowing her to be supportive like he's dictating their life to yeah. her in this moment which I realize if they weren't married, it would be a different conversation. Like if they were still not cohabitating, they were living on their own, they had their own yeah. money, and he was going to do this on his own. That's a different conversation. Yes. That's very different. Absolutely. But the fact that they're married and like she is going to have to foot the bill for some stuff, he sort of builds yeah. this label on the back of her lawyer practice, you know? Yeah. Like. Well, and Sanaa Lathan's money. And I realize he's got some money too, but like like you were saying it earlier, like a lot. it definitely does impact both of them because they're married and he just dictates it to her, which is shitty. Yeah, and, and like I have industry friends who know more about the way my comedy career should go than my husband does because that's not where he works or what he yeah, does. Sure. But even in those situations, if I was going to make a drastic decision where if I was like, I'm going to quit all the podcasts... Right. And so now we don't have any of that money coming in or whatever. I would talk to Jake about that first. I'd be like, this discussion doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it, but I like we need to figure out what to do like together. Yeah, absolutely. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. First off, please don't ever do that. And if you do, please don't do it in a text. Oh, yeah, I won't. Uh, okay. I'll definitely, that's an email kind of conversation or maybe just like, <laughs> I need a legal record of this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like just, just subtweet the shit out of you. Just start a Reddit thread of uh, like, look at these fucking feet. How can I be on a podcast with these feet? All right. I'll delete the tweet. I'm sorry. I'll delete it. You should not delete that tweet. It's proof to the world that we are right though. That is an ugly ass picture of your feet. We can all agree on that. We can unite I, the world. I haven't had a chance to look at it and I'm very excited. I do want to say, I'm just going to go ahead and check in with the tweet page. Someone did respond and said, I don't think they're they're gross. But then they go on to say, "Okay, but I danced ballet for 15 years oh. and now I'm a rancher who has their feet crammed into boots, often wet for 12 hours a day. So maybe I'm not the opinion you want. Nope. Uh, I would say no. And I say that as someone with fucked up retail feet from standing on their feet. 
12 hours ish a day for like 15 years. Ah, Katrina Davis replies. Oh, did Katrina yes. Davis reply? <laughs> yes. I feel like you suffer from some sort of specific blindness <laughs> that keeps you from seeing what's happening here. Yes. Someone else says you definitely do have feet. <laughs> oh that's amazing well this is all this is all very hurtful that's like when people are like it's a baby <laughs> <laughs> all right cool i'm gonna have to leave this tweet up until after the, the episode drops and then i'm gonna immediately delete it <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now it's too late. i should have tweeted it out with feeling hairy might delete later because they're hairy feet, Paige. You can't take the mic away from your mouth when you're laughing. No one can hear you laugh. Feeling boots might delete. Like... Oh, man. Oh, anyway, so we cut to the date, back at the date with Kelby and Sid. And she actually answers the phone from Tay Diggs on this date. And he's like, he just wants to have sex. Like, he's trying to undermine the date. And I'm like, first of all, dude, you still married. Like, let her date whoever. Yeah, absolutely. But he's clearly jealous. He clearly is like... I don't want you dating anybody but me, but I'm married, so I can't, I'm not supposed to say those things, right? But it's very much right. from that place that he's talking to her right now. Right. I don't know. A bunch of my female friends always date people who are terrible, and you just, you're just, you're in a rough spot because you like, what do you say? What can you say? You know? Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. That's different. But Kelby's not necessarily terrible. No. Kelby's charming as fuck right now, at least in this part of the movie. But I'm talking about yeah. like at work, like people will be like, you know what my husband did the other day? And it's like something like super weird. And you're like, I hope you have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like, or where they're like, I'm trying to find a cool place for us to go on a first date, but we can't go out of the county because he's got an ankle bracelet. Uh, which <laughs> stuff like Adams. that, or it's literally, it's like, it's like, it's like, hey, uh, we have to find my iPhone thing on, but like they're always texting me when I they I leave a place and they don't know where I am. I'm like, uh huh, yeah, oh, that's. Fuck. that's- <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, you should talk to someone about that's not me. I gotta go. I have to poop. Oh no. <laughs> Crystal Adams has an amazing joke about accepting a like a, a Tinder match from a guy and then trying to set up a date and he kept being really weirdly specific about where they were gonna go and it was it turned out it was because he was like on parole and had like an ankle monitoring oh, bracelet. No. <laughs> yeah. And but he was just the the joke is basically just like, what county is it in? Like, what county? Which is very <laughs> fun. Credit where credit is due. That is amazing. Um, so we cut to Tay Diggs is calling around cab companies to try and find Kaz and find out where he's working. Yeah. And we cut back to Sid's date with Kelby and they're drinking coffee, which Tay Diggs warned her meant that he just wanted to hang out and have sex. And she was just like, let's have sex now. Because I'm just like, yeah, she's an adult woman who can make her own damn decisions. Yeah. Just saying. And why wouldn't she want to date someone who's like, up to this point, treated her very well, is very successful, yeah. like is checking all the boxes of someone you might want to see a long-term future with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fuck that dude. Yeah. We cut to the next day at the taxi company and he's actually found Kaz and he approaches him like, hey, I'm starting my own label. I want to focus on people who have really good skill and good, you know, like essentially hip hop fundamentals. Uh, yeah. And he's like, I all I can give you is my word. I'll really try hard for you. And Kaz is like, well, okay, if you are really into this, if you really believe this, then clean the backseat of this cab, <laughs> which has to be gross. I did love that he was like, if you find any change back there, it's mine. <laughs> yeah. And then he like, as Tay Diggs starts to clean the back of the cab, he's like, roll the windows down. I don't want you breathing that shit in. And then he walks away and Tay Diggs does clean yep. the back of the yeah, the back seat. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. He does. Most of us would sell out 
when he was still with Millennium Records, right? No, it depends on the deal. Todd, you've been in, you've been in a contracted musical act. Yes. Did you just take the first thing that came along? No. No, never take the first no. thing. No, you don't. I mean, if the first thing that had come along was good, we probably would have. But when you're at that level where people could see dollar signs behind your act but want more of it than you think they should get, you got to say no yeah. to those deals early on. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, the best situation is what Green Day did in the early 90s. Like, they were in the punk scene and they never wanted to get signed. And all these record labels were like flying them to Disney and shit just to like woo them. And they were like yeah, giving like them these trips. War. Yeah. And like they eventually signed with somebody because the deal was really good. And they made shitloads of money off those first few albums, unlike most bands that yeah. sign immediately and just they don't make money until like their fifth album. Like it's yeah. it's insane. Like unless you're the Foo Fighters. A lot of bands don't make a lot of money until late in their career. We had multiple podcast offers for cult podcasts that we turned down. Yeah. And one of them was uh, a celebrity's podcast network, like a famous person. And we asked, we were like, great, what's the cut of the money? And they were like, "Um, this is more of an exposure thing. And we were like, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Like, bye. I'm at a point in my career where I don't do anything for quote unquote exposure. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, there there are some things that are worth doing for exposure, but it's not the shit that most people offer you. No. <laughs> it's the shit that people are like, like, we've selected you specially. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my God, thank you. But yeah. like, if it's not that, then no. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we cut to Sid is at kickboxing and she sees uh, Reese, Dre's wife. And they end up partnering up and Reese has a real frank conversation with her yeah. about like, hey, my husband's confiding in you and things that he should be talking to me about. And I know that that's a him problem, but you're part of that equation. Yeah. And I kind of had mad respect for Reese for talking to her about it in this scene. Me too. And yeah. coming to her and just being like, I don't hate you. I don't dislike you, but we need to have a fucking talk. Yeah. I was just like, yes. Uh, now they do try to like, layer in some stuff in the scene where she's seen talking to guys and like later Sid brings it up and is like well she doesn't stop them from flirting with her and I'm like this is a little that's I don't know and it's only because of what happens later because aside from what happens later there's not really an indication that that was happening except in this scene well and yeah right and the date that they walk in on later right but what Sanaa Lathan should have done in this scene is be like I'm sorry I'm not trying to steal your man or anything what can I do to make you more comfortable with our friendship right like yeah how can I work with you to make this better yeah exactly I've had this happen to me with a someone I was very very close with at the time and her husband was very like uncomfortable with our relationship just because we were talking a lot and working a lot together so like I gave him my phone number I was like if you ever want to know where I am or what I'm doing or have questions about text messages you saw call me text me we can work it out and there are a few times he called me and talked to me and we like talk shit out like that kind of stuff may be required to have that sort of relationship with someone who's married yeah, I, I mean, I feel pretty comfortable in that I feel like my husband could at any point talk to any of my male friends comfortably. I honestly wish he would more. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You and I, I have a, a comedian friend who is just very gregarious and always wants to be everybody's friend. And when we were sick, he sent Jake Breathe Right strips 
and oh. a poster of Hobbs, <laughs> a poster of Hobbs and Shaw to aid him in his recovery. <laughs> that is awesome. That the healing power of Hobbs and Shaw would wash over him. I love that. You know, Jake doesn't have to be those people's best friend, but you know, there has to be a level of comfort in talking to them. And, yeah, and, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So we get like a little bit of montage where Tay Diggs is making the demo with Kaz. Uh, Sid is getting postcards from Kelby while he's on the road. And we see that Tay Diggs is kind of like working over time, like so much time on the label, not really spending time with his wife. But we also see Kelby cooking for Sid. And we cut to a party celebrating the new label. And as Tay Diggs, Dre is toasting, he thanks Sid and not his wife. Yeah. And at the same party, Kelby proposes to Sid and she says yes. But Kelby and Reese have a conversation of like, hey, they're really close and I'm upset about it. Yeah. And they watch them hug and it's a pretty in-depth hug. Yeah. I honestly thought that their spouses, you know, fiance and wife were going to get together because the basketball player and Tay Diggs' wife, like she's trying to recruit him to be a client of hers, but they start, they sort of like pair off and go elsewhere. And that's where they oversee Tay Diggs and Sonata Lathan hugging. But I worried for a second that they were going to start like hooking up. I, I worried too. But who might end up hooking up from this party is that Queen Latifah and Kaz are kind of like eyeing each other from across the party. Man, I love this so much because... I like their thing. Yeah. Anytime you've seen Bay and Tay Diggs are just like being friends in a scene together, I think it's so charming and I love this movie so much for those moments (laughs) because you've seen Bay is like, so uh, what's going on with with France, with Francine? Like, what's what's her deal? And he goes... And Tay Diggs is all like, oh, you want me to like set you up with her? And he's like, no, I don't... I I mean, I don't want to like... Like he's very wishy-washy on it. And it's very clear that Yassine Bey is very nervous to like approach Queen Latifah. And I love that so much. When that whole running bit plays out at the very, very end, it just I just smiled so much. It was great. As a thick lady, I really appreciated a guy worried that he didn't look nice enough for a thick lady. Because normally in movies, especially in this time period, if you're a thick girl, you're relegated to the jokey guy or the guy who's overconfident or any kind of comic relief. And this is kind of played a little bit for comedy, but even within it, he seemingly really likes her and wants to impress her. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. Like I want I want that for them so bad. So we cut to she is at basketball practice with Kelby and she's trying to go over invitations. And this is where she finds out that he's never read any of her articles. Yeah. Uh, She goes to the studio to meet up with Dre and he quotes one of her articles to her. Yeah. Which is also like, I mean, not only has he read them, but he's been reading them for a long time and has like memorized part of one yeah i got the impression that was it was one of her first articles from the la times that he read like it was an like a deep cut in her writing you know and he compares her to like you know like common couldn't come up with a phrase that that good and common's like known for that sort of thing like it's it's a very high praise that he gives her yeah yeah but anyway i really i really like that it shows that he I mean knowing that they're going to end up together even though they're both still taken at this moment he is a very very good friend and is very very impressed by her and loves her work too it's not all about him you know right so earlier in the movie he and his wife have accidentally switched phones because they have the same phone and his phone rings or at least he believes it's his phone and it's from Richard 
And so he finds out essentially that his wife is on a date with somebody else. They go confront them about it. Sid is super uncomfortable in this scene. Yeah. Because he basically kind of makes a scene. So she drags him out and they go back to her place. Mm -hmm. And this is where he like puts the moves on her and they sleep together. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And they wake up after and they're just like, we made a huge mistake. Well, she did. She says that. Yeah. They both did because he knew and he's part of the equation. Oh, yeah. No, but I think he was like, let's do this some more was the vibe I was getting. Oh, I definitely yes. think he wanted around too. And I do love that he's, uh, when she's like, this was terrible, this is bad, this is very, very bad. He's like, I don't know. I thought it was okay. Like, he's like, it's never really happened to me before. Usually like, I'm like the Energizer bunny and I can just keep going or whatever. Like, he thinks yeah. she's talking about the sex being bad. And she's no, talking and about- she's guilty. Exactly, right? Yes. She's talking about how right. bad it is that they even did it to begin with. Uh, and I, man, I loved as the scene's ending and she's like, I'm going to go meet my- fiance like i've got to go i got to get out of here we can't do this again i'm not going to say anything but let's not do anything and they're they're like arguing over the amount of time they were having sex i found that very funny she's like i can't blow up my life for five minutes of sex and she's like and Tay is like, like 10 minutes six minutes eight <laughs> minutes yeah. yeah i love that it was like her she was five he was 10 and then she goes to six he goes to nine and then he's like and she's like fine eight minutes i thought that that was very funny like that whole back and forth like this movie does have some very funny moments it does. Uh, she goes to meet Kelby after the game. He checks into a hotel alone. Uh, we cut to the next day where he meets at the radio station. He's got Kaz with them and he drops off some of their CDs. But that's about it. Like, I mean, Kaz does hit him with, you know, comparing him to Casablanca and being like, you should have fought for Sid, essentially. Yeah. But as far as their music career, they leave some CDs, but that's about it. I did think it was funny that they had one of those magnetic CD players on the wall. I totally used to have one of those. <laughs> I love that he was like, it took him a bit to figure it out. Like that shit made me laugh They're a so They're pain hard. in the ass. Yeah. Well, and he, I do love in the scene where, uh, I almost said Humphrey Bogart, where Yassine Bey and Tay Diggs are in the lobby and like they're talking about like Casablanca or whatever and like they, he keeps talking about going into the fog and going into the fog with that dude at the end and then Yassine Bey gets, gets up and moves to the couch and he's like I'm a solo artist I don't know him I'm here by myself yeah. <laughs> when they're on the screen just being like friends together I love this movie because it's like they are so good together like Tay Diggs and most Def's chemistry are amazing or Yassine Bey's chemistry is amazing yeah, we cut to they're back at the hotel and Sid shows up and she's like, what is this? I can't review your album. It's a conflict of interest. I had to hand it off. And the guy I handed it off to didn't get it and didn't like it. Yeah. So they're kind of arguing about it. And he's trying to also convince her, like as much as they're arguing about the album, it's really about them and their relationship. Like, what are we going to do, the two of us? And she says, I made my decision and she's basically not going to change her mind. She's going to get married. So he goes to talk to his wife because she's called him to meet her at a local restaurant. And she's like, we never tried to make it work. You know, like we're still married. And he's like, yeah, but you broke those vows. And I don't think we have what it takes to stay married. And so they yeah. agree to get divorced in this scene. Yeah. That they aren't even going to try, which is wild. Yeah. I mean, not wild, but like ugh, it is terrible that she cheated. I felt like that was out of character for her character. Yes. And and you don't have to take someone back after they cheat. I understand that that's incredibly hurtful. Not every relationship can come back from that. But she is right. They didn't try. Like beforehand, like he never, I feel like he never fully gave her himself 
at any point because he was always sharing her emotionally with Sid. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would understand. I mean, having been in that situation where you've been cheated on, like, I definitely understand not wanting to work it out and just wanting to leave. Like, been there. It sucks, but I understand not wanting to continue that relationship. But I do feel like that relationship was doomed to fail, but largely because of Tay Diggs' behavior in the relationship. Right. Um, we cut to a date with Kelby and Sid where they missed a show because she was trying to handle the review at work. And he confronts her and is like, you don't want to get married. And she says, I love you. And he says, but not the way you love him. Yeah. And she gives back the ring and ends the engagement. So we cut two she tries to track down Dre but she sees him and Sydney and I think for a minute she thinks maybe they're getting back together because she doesn't have the context for why they're hanging out like yeah. we know it's because they're like well let's drink to our divorce you know or whatever but she doesn't uh, so she goes home and writes um, and she's writing her book about hip hop yeah which we've seen her writing since the beginning of the movie like when she was still at LA yeah. Times she mentioned that she had to get mm -hmm. like a certain number of pages to her book publisher you right. know, which is common like you got to get through you have like deadlines you got to meet right so we know she's been writing it since the beginning of the movie right and we see dre go to the radio station and basically be like look i'm gonna sit here every day till you play this song yeah i know you play one unproduced or unreleased track every week or whatever and he's gonna be right here until that happens which if i was that person i'd be like okay cool security <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, that's what would happen in real life. But he was like a record label executive, so he probably has some clout. Yeah, I think I think that's the only reason he doesn't yeah. get tossed on his ass. But they do agree to play the song. I do love that when we're in there the first time, when we're in the office the first time, we do hear Ren and Ten's version of The Ho Is Mine. Yes, in the weight room. Oh yes. my God, it's so bad. I loved it. Anyway. So... We cut to Sydney being interviewed for like a radio interview on what I imagine is the same station, I think. It is. Yeah. But it's it's her talking about Hot 97. Hot 97. FM. Her talking <sighs> about her hip hop book. Yeah. And they take callers and Dre calls in and basically is using hip hop as a euphemism to be like, so you love me? How long have you loved me? When did you first love hip hop? Which is how she starts all of her interviews, as we know. I did love that he goes, when did you first love hip hop? And she like explains when she fell in love with hip hop. And then he goes, no, what I meant to say is when did you first fall in love with hip hop? Hip hop. <laughs> and then she's like, I've always been in love with you. Yeah. Yeah. And Queen Latifah's like, talk to him. Yeah. I love that the radio DJ is like completely quiet the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. There's so much dead air on Hot 97. <laughs> like she's shooting the background like, we have a man who has come into the station to declare his love oh, yeah. for the person I'm interviewing. You have to like narrate what's going on. Like as a podcaster, I was like, you're terrible at your job. But instead she's like, we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After this love confession, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they they hug it out. They agree that they're in love, and he puts up the sign. This is, will you go out with me? Check yes or no, and they so come and sweet. hug. This is when I started crying. Uh, then uh, Kaz Yasin Bay sidles up to Queen Latifah and is like, they call them champagne flutes because they're long <laughs> like flutes. But back in the day, Marie Antoinette had new cups designed, champagne coupes that look like her decolletage, which is actually true. I love this though, because like he puts his arm around Queen Latifah, like leaning up against the wall. Yes. And she like looks at him like she's like, she notices what's going on. Yes. And I love that she just eventually is like, hey, Kaz, 
do you want to go out with me? And he's like, uh, uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. just he's so nervous around her, and I loved it so much. Like, he does such a great job of acting in this movie. Like, I get that he's like a hip-hop artist, but I also understand why he's done a lot of acting in his career, because he's very, very good. Mm-hmm. He is. And so... They play the song. It's a worldwide exclusive. And as we kind of pull out, we see two other younger kids on a bench yes. falling in love with hip hop to the sound of the song. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Brown Sugar? I, I like the worst talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely prefer Love and, love and Basketball for sure. It's a much better romantic movie. That's for sure. I love the music part of this movie, though. Where there's a part of me that's like, I just want to watch the music parts. Like, could you make a movie that's yes. not a love story that's just about... And I guess there's a lot of movies like that. Maybe I should just go watch one of those. I mean, 8 Mile sort of like that. Except there is no, like, uh, Tay Diggs character, right? Uh, but yeah. yeah, like, I liked that part of it a lot. And man, Tay Diggs... And Yasin Bey's character on screen together have so much like buddy chemistry and they're great. But like the music parts of this movie, A plus for me, the romance in this movie is like a D minus. Like I'm not a huge fan of the romance. No, I'll go even more. I'll say I'll say the drama parts of the movie work. Yes. The romance stuff doesn't. Yeah. Like if, if it was about a person's journey through the musical industry with like romantic subplots, it would be fine. Yeah. But because it all hinges on them getting together at the end and the romantic comedy tropes, it just seems weird. Yeah. Well, it is essentially about this time in their life when they were cheating on their spouses, fiance and wife, right? And then ended up together, which is like... I definitely think they should elope and have no engagement period since they both cheated on their fiancés. I mean, they could do whatever they want. I definitely <laughs> think they're going to have trust issues in the relationship, so they probably need to get to therapy immediately, even while it's good at the beginning. Like, you're going to need to work on some stuff to make this last. Do you guys think they're still together? <sighs> I do mm. think they could still be together because they have been friends for so long. They probably know each other very, very well and knew going into the relationship what they could expect out of the relationship. But I definitely do see some pitfalls that could cause them not to be together, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that they they need to go some therapy. Yeah, for sure. About at least at a minimum about communication. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's like a coin toss. I don't know. I mean, like I could see I could see going both ways. Yeah, I mean, marriage is like a coin toss. It's like 50-50, right? That stay together and don't, right? I mean, those are the two options. The the statistics are not as 50-50 anymore, um, but it's because less people get married now or people uh, get married older okay. now. So the statistics have shifted slightly in favor of marriage, but there are societal factors contributing. And also less people are having kids within marriage, which can contribute to less financial hardship, which also is a factor too. Oh yeah, money's a big factor in divorce rates. Economic factors yeah. in divorce rates. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Uh. So Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. So hit us with your fun facts. Brown Hip sugar. Fun, fun facts. facts. Brown sugar is one of my favorite sugars. Ooh. Did you know that it offers slightly more nutrients than regular sugar containing calcium, potassium, iron, magnesium, and a high concentration of carbohydrates, wow. but also fiber? I did not know that. I like it on oatmeal. Oh, yeah. It is good on oatmeal. Brown sugar might also help relieve menstrual cramps as well as flatulence 
and can aid oh. in weight loss and be an energy booster as opposed to white sugars. Well, how about that? Yes, I did look up fun facts about brown sugar, <laughs> the sugar. Maybe that's why I don't pass as much gas. I eat brown sugar. Now, you actually pass more gas because it's got fiber in it, Mikey, and it makes your bowels move. No, she said it eliminates flatulence. It, it, it aids in flatulence. I'm here to say that I fart a fair amount and yeah. I use brown sugar almost exclusively. So I don't well, know how, I don't know if by AIDS and flatulence it means makes you good at it. I don't know. It usually means makes you good at it. Like aiding would help you do whatever it is that you're doing. It's kind of like bi-monthly. You fart two times a month? No, bi-monthly can mean every two months or twice a month. And bi-weekly can mean every two weeks or twice a week. There's a double meaning for those words. Anyway, let's get to some <laughs> trivia about this movie. Mikey, I'm worried. I'm worried about your butthole. No, I fart more than that. Okay. I don't believe you, but I also don't want you to prove believe it. you. <laughs> so Nicole Ari Parker and Boris Kojo. So Reese and Kelby are married in real life, but have also played love interests in Soul Food in 2000. Do you want to know who was the alternate choice for Kelby? Yes, absolutely. Because they almost cast somebody else. Yeah. Take a guess. Um, at this time? At this time. And I will let you know that this person was not famous at this time. This would have been like a career-making role for them. But they, I, I assume they still went on to be famous. Yes, they did. Idris Elba. It was Idris Elba. Oh, yes. nice. Yeah. Idris Elba great. And also went on to be in The Wire, like the yes. record label exec for Millennium. Yeah, but like right after this, though. Like The Wire is like oh, early the next 2000s. year or so. Yeah. yeah. So Lorenz Tate was actually uh, approached to play Dre before Tay Diggs was and turned it down. Tay Diggs largely gets this role because of how Stella got her groove back, which is only a couple years before this. Okay. And that's about it for your fun facts. Okay. There's not a ton. I did look up some financial fun facts. Um, as a record executive, he would have been making Bang. Yeah. So he could afford anything. We do know that that ring is $15,000, which is consistent with uh, a Tiffany Solitaire at the time, although yeah. that'd be much more expensive now. And it all depends on your diamond choice as well as your metal choice. Um, and she does say that she's still paying it off. Uh, but $15,000 today would be like twenty. Three and a half thousand dollars. Yeah, and that'd be a small Tiffany's ring, but still a Tiffany's ring. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen Tiffany's rings that are like fifty or sixty thousand dollars, and they're not yeah. even like insanely huge. They're just like no really clear, well cut diamonds. You know. Yeah, or they have a lot of small diamonds as well as a large one. Yeah. So like those things play a part. The one that he offers her is a single solitaire and it's almost identical to the one in Sweet Home Alabama um, because that was the ring at the time yeah. was the Tiffany solitaire. And Sweet Home Alabama comes out around the same time. Mm. Um, as for her job, she as one of the writers for the L.A. Times could have barely afforded her rent in Los Angeles, but we never see that apartment and we don't know anything about it. Yeah, she might have roommates in LA, like, you no idea. Yeah. As the editor-in-chief for XXL, she could potentially, like, her apartment is not overly nice and it's not depicted as being in a fancy neighborhood necessarily. She's in Brooklyn, I would imagine. And so she can probably afford her apartment as well. That apartment, uh, it's it looks actually more like a kind of like a co-op or a duplex. I thought it was like a brownstone walk up duplex. Yeah. And those she could have potentially purchased for between 200 to 300,000 
at the time. And I would say that her salary is consistent with being able to afford that. Okay. So, yeah. All there right. There you go. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Mm-hmm. So let's talk some box office. So what do you think the budget for Brown Sugar was in 2002? They got a lot of famous people in it, but I think they're doing it as a favor. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of kind of industry involvement in this movie, but I'm going to say this movie cost about $10 million. Okay. Mikey, That's what, what I was thinking. I'm gonna go, I guess I'll go 15 Okay. It's actually $8 million, so a little yeah. bit less than what you thought. But if you adjust that for inflation, that's about $12.5 million today. But again, $8 million at the time. Now, the movie came out on October 11th, 2002, and it was number three in the theaters when it came out. It was beat by Red Dragon. Number two was, I think, our first episode, Sweet Home Alabama, was number two that week. And then number three was Brown Sugar. Number four was The Transporter. And My Big Fat Greek Wedding was number five, which I cannot believe we haven't done. My Big Fat Greek Wedding was in the, that was its 26th week in the theaters. And it was still in the top That five. movie was in theaters for almost a year. Yeah. Like a full ass year. Because I remember seeing it months after it came out for my aunt's wedding. Like we all went as like... Like a wedding party to yeah. go see Big Fat Greek Wedding. Well, and that specifically that movie was, and we had one of these on Horror Virgin that this past week too. It was a sleeper creeper because it started yeah. out when it first came out, it was 20th in the theaters. And then literally like 30 weeks in, 25, 30 weeks in is when it started to like get into all the theaters across the US and be number one and two, or sorry, two and three. It actually never was mm. number one in the theaters. Anyway, but let's get back to this movie. So what do you think Brown Sugar made in its opening weekend? Uh... I'm going to say like 1.5. Okay. What do you think, Mikey? One. Okay. It actually made $10.7 million. It was the number three movie in in the U.S., guys. So, yeah, it made more than its budget back in its first week out. Uh, and if you adjust that for inflation, that's around $16.7 million today. But again, in 2002, that is $10.7 million. See, coming in third is always tricky because it depends on what time of year it is yeah. and what year it is, where sometimes it could be like $2 million and other times it's like fifteen. It depends on yeah. what your competition is, right? It just seems like a lot of those movies that were out at the time were, I mean, they're movies I know, like Sweet Home Alabama, The Transporter, and My Big Frat Greek Wedding all mm-hmm. were like known movies and are still known yeah. to this day. But yeah. um, anyway, so what do you think it went on to make in its total domestic box office run? Uh, total domestic box office, I'm going to say 45. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 32. Mikey, you're way closer. It's $27.3 million. Okay. And it also made almost a million dollars internationally. It was actually $952,000 internationally for a total box office haul worldwide of $28.3 million. Or if you adjust that for inflation today, $44.2 million. So it made I mean, that's way more good. than its budget back. Yeah. I understand why Sanaa Lathan was in a lot of these types of movies at the time because she was a bankable star at this time. And probably still is. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Every movie we've done with her that's like this made money. And, I mean, here's the thing about this and movies like it. We didn't love the cheating aspect and some of the character choices, but this is a well-made and well-paced movie. Like, yeah. it's, it's written well. It's made competently. Like, there's not much to fault it on the production side. It truly is just story. <laughs> So, yeah, it it makes sense to me that this was a hit. That makes sense. Yeah, I thought it was great. So that's your box office. So this week I made you guys watch Brown Sugar. Mikey, is it your turn? Yeah, it's Mikey's turn. So, Mikey, what are you making us watch next week? I think I'm going to pick, I've never seen it, but it's supposed to be like a classic rom-com. Okay. 
Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. I have also never seen this. Me either. Okay. It's a Hugh Grant vehicle. I'm hit or miss on Hugh Grant, so we'll see. He's big in this genre. <laughs> I had a recommendation from somebody last night who was like, my favorite rom-com is Insert. And I was like, I've never seen that. And then they looked at me like I had hurt them physically and then <laughs> described the plot to me. And I was just like, oh, my God, I want to cry right now. And so oh, I think I might have to. No. I might have to pick that next. We'll see. Awesome. Well, Mikey, I uh, can't wait to watch this because it's. I've heard it's a good rom com, but it's got Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell in it. Yeah. And I know you're a fan of the McDowell. You know it. I am. (laughs) Do you think she pops the hood? Oh, she definitely (laughs) pops the hood. She was in that movie. You're right. She's the one who says, "Can you mind taking the shirt off?" Yeah, she she pops the hood. Yeah, yeah, Uh. absolutely. That was Magic Mike XXL. I forgot she was in that. All right, cool. So your homework next mm-hmm. week is to, I don't know, revisit Magic Mike XXL to see some of Andy McDowell's later work and then enjoy some of her early work with Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yay. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No, because we all forgot. We did. So, Mikey, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read corgis that is all okay what does corgis that is all have to say uh they their tyler review is like an onion and todd like full of layers <laughs> or whatever okay so <laughs> okay i like love it hearing from todd page and mikey every week both here awesome. on and on the horror version oh they listen to both fantastic the gang blends the perfect mix of truly absurd humor and genuine heartfelt conversations about life and love i think that that's an accurate description we do get sort of heartfelt sometimes yeah yeah we can be serious and silly they're some of the best to ever do it oh that's oh i mean thank you yeah grateful for all the hard work they put in every week to keep us all laughing five stars well corgis (laughs) that is all thank you so much for that awesome five-star review and if you keep listening we'll keep making them and if you want to have us read your podcast review leave us a five-star review and we'll have mikey read it for you So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. Except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pip. I'm your heroine. (laughs) I'm your hip hop now. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, hip hop nerds. (laughs) 